Hey guys and welcome back to the Quirky Bullis project and this is a doozy. First of all, you say this every single time man. It's a you doozy. You say doozy every single it's time. It's a doozy. In the doozy. description too. Hey, okay, how else am I going to sell the episode? Like I don't know. What does doozy mean? Like it's going to be a banger. But like You doozy. say about you say banger every single no, time. No, but too. I, I, that's why I'm, I'm trying to switch up my vocabulary. Anyways, Hey guys, welcome back to the channel of a banger of an episode. It, it doesn't sound better when I say banger. A doozy of an episode. And uh, because, first of all... A what, killer of an episode. Because it's villains. Fuck. Never mind, we're cancelling there. No, just kidding. Uh, so, hey guys, welcome back. First of all, this is our a rare episode that we are actually together for. Yay. Yay. He's holding me captive. I want to kill myself. You put red lights, man. I put red lights and... Shut up. Them. No, you're going to say... He took them away immediately. Yeah. This is an interesting episode because we're, we're going to be talking about the perfect villain. Now, what does this entail? You may ask yourself, why am there I talking... There is no perfect villain. Why am I talking like this? There is no perfect villain. Why am I talking like this, though? Anyways, yeah. There is no perfect villain, though. Correct. So... <laughs> Correct <why>? answer. <laughs> 50 points. So, uh... The strike. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking the we thing. Sorry, sorry. Off topic. Right. So, what does make the perfect villain? It's a question that you may ask yourself and think of maybe one particular iconic villain that comes to mind. I'm going to be talking about a few. So, one of those probably is coming to your mind right now. Or someone who you think is really good that everyone else thinks is kind of ass. Like Ultron. Am I Shut right? Shut the fuck up, Before man. this episode... I Adi like Ultron because Ultron, Ultron Ult- is such no, a no. complex character. And he it, and really it, doesn't. Yeah, of course he does. He's literally Vision. They're the same person. Oh my Except God. Ultron is bad and Vision is good. No. Yeah, they actually said that in there. Yeah, well, technically it's like, it's, it's like, think about it like this, okay? It's mm-hmm. like, it's the Mind Stone has this sort of AI thing, right? Just think about it like that. Like, it, yes, it, so it, they're it, the it same has AI. A, it has a sort of, yeah, of course. But Scarlet, Scarlet Witch fell in love with an AI. Bro, this changes. Bro. And they have a whole series on this. This is a machine Where they go fetish. back in time. Machine, machine fetish, what the hell? Yeah, someone's a witch. The AI is a witch fetish. Has a witch fetish. <laughs> yeah, bro, for real. What's up with that? No, so, no, she has a Elizabeth Olsen fetish. So, uh... What? No, so Adi enjoys Ultron more than Loki, which I found ri- in Avengers 1, which I found absolutely ridiculous. But that's alright. Basically, what you might get out of this episode is maybe not a perfect understanding of what the perfect uh, villain entails because there's so many different routes you mm-hmm. can go to create a good villain, like a perfect villain. But if you look at maybe two or three examples, you'll see a few common factors, a few ga- bridged gaps that make up the factors in, in a perfect villain and that's the most interesting part of it. Right, and also even if you don't find um, some common factors, like just some really definitive answers to what makes a perfect villain, it's like a, it's the same question as like what makes a good book, right? Multiple things. Yeah. And multiple things that even even if like one fact even if one factor has more could maybe compensate for the other, which Nikhil will get into of course. And um I, for context, I just like Marvel a lot. If there's any movies, I st- if there's any group of movies I've ever studied, they're basically just Marvel. Mm-hmm. So if I do talk about any villains, they're going to be from Marvel. Just, I'm sorry, but Cars 2 doesn't have a good enough villain to actually talk about it. Bro, Cars 2 is a great movie. Shut the fuck up. Go on. Okay, it's, okay, okay. it's genuinely the worst, worst Disney movie. No, no, no. So, 
luckily just to counterbalance that since i don't think marvel does vill- villains well i'm going to be talking about three villains that have nothing to do with marvel and uh, he's right two of them aren't even from the superhero genre which makes it more fun to talk about because superheroes i superhero villains i feel like can be a bit generic right sometimes yeah 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 cuz like either they either they want power or like half the world to like die and stuff like that which they I, have their own moral beliefs for sure but like yeah but they 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 all have pretty straightforward goals and they know how to get to them i don't feel like that makes a perfect villain sometimes if the if it is generic but it's still if the villain is still interesting mm-hmm. enough it's because of something else it's not big like an example of something i'm going to get into later on one of those villains yeah a bit of a generic motive but it's just the entire movie that carries it and i think you could talk about them when it comes like someone like thanos too right yeah thanos is well like fine in a superhero movie nickels right in superhero movies they might have like um a very generic motive or you know but um i i i also think that further if it's like a more human story then i think that there can be more complex motives and it makes much more sense to um it make, m- makes much more sense to like add another motive like that right and okay and again about thanos right um i think the way he actually executed the whole thing was the better part of his like um better part of his arc the story arc in the movie itself i don't think that his motive was the best part of of the villain definitely wasn't that was probably the worst part <laughs> i mean thanos. No, it was his moral quest to believe. No, no, so what made Thanos interesting first of all was the fact that there are two reasons I can think of. Mm-hmm. One, I feel like since they had been building up him up for years, he felt like an adequate final boss for Marvel like to end that era of the and Avengers. That phase, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. So he felt like that instead of just the like i mean just random example of the top of my head someone like Ronan, even though I did like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, Ronan had a very very generic motive okay, and yeah. so i feel like it was the guardians like that just because i like james gunn and because i like that did match i like star lord as a character and i like drax because i like wrestling and batista uh shut up and i like uh, groot and i like rocket raccoon so obviously that made the in my experience of guardians of galaxy 1 a little and pretty enjoyable you're telling me that the heroes were among the villains in this i know i'm just episode, saying yeah. and so thanos <laughs> felt like the appropriate final boss that they had been building for so long they're like okay it's it's finally time go ahead even if you are generic we're still going to like you anyways and i like josh brolin because i watched deadpool and josh brolin's fucking awesome Agreed. in that movie and uh two thanos actually won like they and they, they waited a year before releasing the one he lost in he mm-hmm. he properly won an infinity war and it felt monumental because when i left the theater i gave more thought to that an avengers movie than i had probably given to a, a movie in a really long time because it's a huge shocker right no yeah, yeah exactly no and i mean I, i mean i guess it was to be expected since they were doing another blockbuster end game a year later so yeah fair enough right but since as a person who had no idea how it was going to end and as a person who likes analyzing movies once they're over the logical the lo- no i do actually and the logical step was yeah the avengers are going to win and thanos is just going to come back in endgame and they're going to beat him again i'm glad they didn't do that and i'm glad mm-hmm. thanos was 
kind of broke the mold in that regard. I wouldn't say he's necessarily the greatest villain because he had a pretty generic motive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he felt like an adequate final boss, which is what made him interesting. A person, however, and this is probably my rant, like my start of the, the one of three villains that I do want to talk about. One who has the, I feel like the, first of all, the most iconic and the greatest villain of all time. And it obviously did come from a superhero movie, but it did feel like it felt like it came more from a a superhero drama sort of. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But well, this is a very specific movie that you're talking about. Right? Yeah, it is. It's it's one it's movie. Just one movie. It's one movie that the actor played so well it, yeah. that it just made it better. Absolutely. It's the Dark Knight, and it's obviously the Joker from the Dark Knight. Look, I. I enjoyed a lot of DC villains. I enjoyed a lot of Batman villains themselves. I enjoyed Bane. I even enjoyed the Riddler from last year. I think he was the stupid, crazy he was vibe. Okay, I guess. Yeah, I know. I mean, he, he wasn't anything special or anything, but I, Batman yeah. villains are usually solid because Batman is an interesting base to base villains off of because he's not like Superman. He isn't ridiculously cracked to the point of having. I mean, he isn't to the point of being so overpowered that his villains don't matter because mm-hmm. he does first of all he doesn't kill right and so i feel like that makes for more complex understanding of the villain because you can understand his story more if bat if he can actually get wins over batman anyways the, what makes the joker so ridiculously amazing is the fact that he doesn't have a motive he, his motive is chaos and i i'm sure you can ca- you can call that a motive but it isn't formulaic in the slightest sense. It's more of, okay, I don't want anything. I want to watch the world burn and he lets it burn. The hospital fire scene, his scenes with Two-Face, which, I mean, which made Two-Face a great villain too. His scene with the two ships, obviously. It made for uh, probably one of the most interesting arcs I've seen from Batman as well. Because it made for a movie where the hero was actively trying to fight his own morals so that he wouldn't stoop to the depths of the Joker. Mm-hmm. And, oh, oh man, it made for, it just, it made for a ridiculously good movie. And that's why The Dark Knight is, is still considered the greatest superhero movie of all time. It's because when you look at a character like the Joker and the way he's played, he is the least formulaic villain and that is something that we haven't been able to say about villains since probably the days before superhero movies were taking mm-hmm. over the world. And that Dark Knight is obviously a pretty old movie. But it still holds up to this day. I feel like because the tension between a superhero who can't kill his villain and a superhero who no matter what he does is a step behind. And it makes for like much more complex scenarios, right? That exactly. Batman can't kill. And... and- it makes it so human at points, like yeah, and yeah, it's a great movie. You should watch it if you. If oh you my god, watch stuff. the Dark Knight! What are you guys doing? Watch it again if you haven't. If yeah, you've watched already. Go go back Amazing. and watch. No, it, it, come back, yeah. No, so the <laughs> yeah, please come back. We need the views. <laughs> so, yeah, it it exactly. I love that you said that. It made the it made it feel human, and that isn't something. So the, it's it just made us actively made the hero better, and it made Batman and the Joker both look better. I'm so disappointed that we couldn't get another movie with just the Batman and the Joker because I would absolutely watch. And with those two actors. Mm-hmm. But 
since we just did get the dark knight i'm just going to tension it and as you said um dc really executes their villains oh, executes yeah, them yeah they, they, their villains are just amazing like they're good at villains and sometimes um even black adam i would say like he's considered a villain right don't watch it hey come on i did not watch it i watched oh, you, you, you didn't watch it i didn't yeah okay so I want to. so basically black adam is a sort is basically a villain Yeah. it's like but it's portrayed as a hero right yeah. something like homelander. um another movie <laughs> what yeah homelander i mean we know he's a villain but to the people he's a hero is he like that sort of like mega mind is that that's what i got him okay, yeah right so like basically he he's portrayed as a hero but he's a he's technically a villain right he's yeah. again well superman that that's sort of the whole sure. premise i guess yeah and um yeah basically dc executes the villains really well and something marvel should probably look up to and oh yeah i mean no no i'm black given, panther i'm done with marvel black panther they had the best villain other than that it's pretty much sad i, I guess who is the villain in she hulk like the worst marvel thing that's ever come out that's probably ever come out who's the villain can't remember <laughs> was there even a villain or was it is there isn't a main villain because there isn't a plot <laughs> the abomination i guess the abomination is like one of the better villain i guess uh, <laughs> i'm pretty sure shihulk is the is the villain to her own show <laughs> because her character is so ridiculously awful yeah it's pretty bad yeah no so that yeah, one but De- okay okay look, the show was better because daredevil was there you should also that's watch the only re- that's literally the only reason anyone gave the show a chance it's yeah. it's but even with the even the daredevil couldn't save that off show. topic but yeah oh god i hate shihulk so much but um <laughs> another villain that they've that uh, that marvel actually portrayed as a hero in another show mm. loki L- loki has a like, loki has his own show which was unnecessary but okay i mean i, I mean, guess whatever it was all right i guess yeah it, it was the last episode which was they have another was... season coming out man <laughs> yeah i'm not going to watch it screw that i'm i'm done with marvel i'm done with marvel <laughs> oh, come on i am done with marvel until ant-man and the wasp quantum mania okay well, oh no wait when's the next is a uh, garden no that's the next one yeah right? quant- quant- yeah, quantum mania that, that, i'm done with marvel until that i'm not watching anything i'm pretty marvel. sure nothing is coming out until then all right and then i'll watch uh, is it falcon a- falcon winter soldier man no, i didn't watch the first one i'm not they have a really good they have oh right yeah falcon winter soldier has a really great villain uh, i mean cool but i'm i feel like i'm so burnt out on marvel right now i'm so disappointed by what's going on in that company especially with the the tv shows all being terrible no man okay fine man okay. mostly being terrible let, let me finish so the villain in um in uh, falcon and the winter soldier is something that is uh, based off their other movie end game right so after end game when everyone's back there's a whole uh, there's a whole like a uh, population of the world which does not really get their own space in the world at least they don't feel they have gotten re- like you know the compensation for actually losing out in 5 years right and in the blip you know mm-hmm. so basically that's what the the villain's premise is and the, that's the whole motivation and they have a whole sort of thing where uh the world isn't doing much and so it's in their hands to you know um, yeah but again i i don't feel it cuz no one came out of falcon and the winter soldier talking about how good the villain was yeah i mean they didn't give much importance to it because like there were so many heroes right falcon winter soldier and then yeah, yeah. But yeah no I feel like and then Marvel just does for um, better villains. The, yeah and the new Captain America was also a sort of villain. I think they played their villains really well. If you haven't I'll totally make a new, another episode on that show in general. Yeah because it's it, yeah and um yeah and yeah no so I feel like in general first of all Marvel needs to do the hero their villains better because they have great heroes. 
They used to have great heroes. I feel like used to come on just no, She-Hulk. No, they're bad. Shut up. You just said She-Hulk. You did not. Just no, say no, She-Hulk. She-Hulk's probably the you. You're basing off She-Hulk, right? No, I'm saying in general. Oh man. What's one hero? Okay, now this is off topic. Just a quick thing. What is one hero you're genuinely invested in right now? Daredevil. Daredevil is a side character in the no, worst, he's not. In the worst show. No, he's not. Is he the main character of She-Hulk? No. The, so. Yes, where else? Show. We, where else are we going to see the? Okay. He's, uh, he's getting a more main show. character part of the Avengers group. Oh, oh, the whole Marvel community probably screamed at Nick Hill, man. I don't. I j- Do I, your research. <laughs> I'm not part of the Marvel community anymore. I don't care. So, basically... Nickel, Nickel has more human villains to talk about, actually. Yeah, Nickel can go on. Uh, I have human villains in my real life, too. Uh, so, <laughs> my second villain I want to talk about, and this is me starting to bridge the gap, right? Since we talked about a Joker who had the most wild... Uh, and and not norm not formulaic motivation. Let's talk about someone with a bit more of a form a uh, formulaic motivation. But it's the movie itself that made it so good. And we're talking about obviously Hans Gruber, the official meme uh villain of Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's not why you should know him. It's because of Die Hard, obviously. Greatest action movie of all time. I don't celebrate Christmas, but greatest Christmas movie movie of all time. It is, and this one isn't just about the villain. This one is about the interactions between hero and villain because both Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman, who I fucking loved, rest in peace, both, they worked together so well that it made a movie, obviously, that had awesome catchphrases, great action, but there was a layer beyond that too where you were genuinely invested in the characters themselves. Like, I I wanted, at some point, I wanted Hans Gruber to succeed too. I Like, I... Like, imagine if he had just killed Holly Gennaro and Bruce and uh, Bruce Willis on the roof and just escaped with the money. That obviously wouldn't have made for a very Christmassy movie, <laughs> but would have been kind of fun, I feel like. Hans Gruber did have a pretty generic motive in the fact that he was a terrorist, wanted money, wanted to get the fuck out, right? But that is not what you should look at him as because... The reason we consider him one of the greatest villains of all time, first of all, impeccable dialogue. But some of the decisions he did make, the way he handled himself as a character, it's, uh, as a character, it made him more interesting than all the generic formulaic villains. And in this one, it wasn't more of the villain being his own separate entity that made himself way like, like set himself apart. It was the hero and the villain coming together to form. A ridiculously, first of all, a fantastic chemistry. The scene where Hans Gruber pretended to be someone just locked in the, uh, hey, locked in the, uh, building with when he met Bruce Willis. No I know. I, I, I'm, I'm you so should watch. Yeah, you should I, watch I, Die Hard, by the way. I, I don't watch movies. So, in the if you want to bridge the gap between the Joker and Hans Gruber, Joker, is a different character entirely. He. Wanted chaos, didn't really have a particular motive, was his own character that made himself legendary. Hans Gruber wasn't necessarily the greatest character on his own. It was more of the link up between him and the main character. And the fact that he had a generic motive, which obviously no, it wasn't too generic because the story itself was different for the time it was released in. But you can say you can call it generic, I suppose, that he just wanted money, terrorist wanted to get out. That was just his character. But the bridge between these two 
is the fact that whenever they were in a scene together, when they were in a scene with the villain, oh sorry, with the hero, with the main character, whether it be Batman or Bruce Willis, why am I blanking on Bruce Willis' character? I don't know, man. I am mad at myself with that. I keep calling it Bruce it's, Willis. It's, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. No, 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 no. Now I have to know. And no, I, no. I know there's going to be a gap in this, but I have to know. Yeah, and um, also, as a, as a normal um, Marvel fan, uh, everyone has a compelling backstory, right? In uh-huh. uh, every villain. Every yeah. villain. Yeah. What about these characters that you've talked about? So, uh, Joker... You I know about the Joker, but jo- no, explain the, it then. What me. makes the Joker so great is you don't know much about his backstory. You, oh, come on. He, he became chaos with the smart... See, one of the things he says, you want to know how I got this smile? I don't do the, the impression it's justice. It's fine, it's good, it's good. Yeah, no, so that made him unpredictable. The chaos made him unpredictable. With someone like Hans Gruber, you don't really need to know their backstory. You need to know that they're a terrorist coming to kick some police booty and get the hell out there with hella dollar. I don't, I shouldn't talk like this. Hella money. Yeah? Yeah, that works. So, uh, yeah, so the... What? It makes sense. It will make sense, I guess. Uh, To the person watching, it will make sense. You're... You're too much of a layman to understand. Oh no, it's 2, 2 a.m. It is 2 a.m. It's very late. And I... He's ho- still holding me captive. I want to escape. He's made me talk about this on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Joker, Hans Gruber. Every time... that This is the link between them is... Every time they were in a scene with the main character... It was... Chemistry. And, and it was chemistry because you never felt like the hero could easily beat the villain. And it felt like genuinely there was a challenge in doing so, in in actually overcoming his, I guess, demons. Because every single time they uh, interacted in a scene and every single time, obviously, in Die Hard, plenty of scenes over walkie-talkies, it's still, no matter how many people of Enhance's organization, Bruce Willis killed, John McClane killed, I, I finally have the name. He got it. it you, because of the composition of Alan Rickman as a character and because he's a ridiculously good actor it never felt like he was losing until he lost you know what right. I mean? yeah yeah oh okay uh-huh. yeah 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 but other than that right okay fine I get it cool cool yeah yeah and so another thing that I, w- that I was thinking of while you were Watch talking Watch Die Hard about... by the way <laughs> okay you should yeah, it's I, ridiculously I, I, good probably movie. will good plan we're probably gonna watch it right now yeah. After we're done this. Yeah. Good lad. Of course. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. So, so, you're telling me these characters didn't need a backstory. No, they didn't. I, I don't feel like they did, at least. Would it be better if they if, if you got to know about one, or no? Uh, okay, so, Hans Gruber, I feel... We did learn a little bit. We learned that he was part Unfortunately, of... Unfortunately, I don't know no, much I know, about we, them. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm we learned about, like, German... He was part of a German terrorist organization, blah, 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 blah. What? Yeah, and he was, by the way, also a little unpredictable... Sometimes he made moves just for the sheer living fuck of it. Like releasing three random terrorist groups he saw in a magazine just as a demand, just for the because he could. That made him cool. That was pretty cool and that was pretty swell in my eyes. But no, Hans Gruber, maybe you could have heard a little bit more about him. I didn't feel like he needed it because he was a terrorist and that's all you needed to know about him. With the Joker, I actually completely disagree that he needed a backstory. It's what made the Joker so ridiculous. Like, it made him so unpredictable because when he said, uh, do you want to know how I got this smile? Do you want to know how I got these scars? It made us, as the audience, go, I do want to know. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to tell me. And that's why I like you because I don't know what you're going to do next. I don't know how the Batman is going to treat you. Mm-hmm. Until the Joker, I guess, lost. Well, it it never felt like he was going to lose again after 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 all his main motivation was just chaos and I guess exactly he, he and that, got that done and that's what made him so compelling because mm-hmm. you don't need to know a character whose only motivation is chaos you don't need to know their backstory that's what makes them more unpredictable mm-hmm. right so yeah. yeah so uh i think because we've talked about a person with a crazy motivation which is the joker with comp- non-generic <laughs> to a little bit more of a generic but it just the the actor itself and the chemistry he had and the fact that he was just a baller <laughs> <laughs> bro that that dude balled he lived like as he died absolutely stunting because doing everything the normal way is too boring <laughs> so uh, Hans Gruber let's talk about someone a little bit little bit more little more creepy shall we and uh, because the Joker was not a quiet character Hans Gruber was not a quiet character. He wasn't chilling in the way that Hannibal goddamn Lecter is. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, by the way, that movie messed me up on a bunch of levels. It is probably one of the, probably one of the greatest movies of all time based on one of the greatest books of all time. And it is features a very, very good hero and the greatest villain of all time in many people's eyes. I think Hannibal Lecter, maybe for that time, I'm not sure. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I, I have no idea what you're talking. Give me some Again, give me some you context. really should watch Silence yeah, of the Lambs. Yeah, but like, if, let's say someone hasn't. No, no, someone hasn't so basically, yeah. I'm going to give you a bit of context here, right? I'm going to just give you the plot here. You should watch Silence of the Lambs, by the way. You probably will. Hannibal Lecter is completely, and I wouldn't say he's like, like now you would consider him the like the only chilling villain but man i'm first sure, i'm sure for first of all for that time and i feel like he's still the greatest chilling villain as he, that i've seen because he the psychological warfare type of villain is not commonly associated with being one of the most creep terrifying villains of all time yeah, but i am more scared of hannibal lecter than i am of uh, hans gruber and even the joker any single day of the week so basically science of the lambs starts with clarice van houten that's her name clarice sterling sorry i don't know who van houten is uh visits hannibal lecter in jail and uh, he's max security he's a psychologist and like a really good one who's now in jail for because he's fucking crazy and terrifying and um what yeah no he he did i forgot the crime but like he he fucked up like like he's <laughs> he's terrifying and Spend so him. he's in jail and the one of the greatest interactions in like a back to like uh between two characters i would say is the scene where clarice visits him in jail so in that scene basically hannibal lecter he says he has a connection to buffalo bill who is a person, she's a detective she's searching for. Uh-huh. and But in exchange, he wants personal information about her, like her story and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she says that she's escaped from a few, she ran away from a few nursing homes. And since he's such a ridiculously good psychologist, mm-hmm. he's able to like, tear you down, tear your walls down. And when Clarice is leaving the first time, uh, a dude in the, a dude throws a semen at her. Yeah. And uh, basically, Hannah Lecter is disgusted by this. I guess he has a moral compass, even though he's the guy who cut some a police officer's face off and wore it on his own to escape. But that 
you have to watch the movie. And uh, so Hannibal Lecter, he basically just talks that talks to the guy who threw the semen and gets him to kill himself. Literally like that. Because he... Psychological warfare, that's what I told you. So, yeah, yeah so basically it's, it's about that. It's about... I, I Like, Buffalo Bill is the person she's chasing. He's a villain. He is at the end of the movie. He's an actual character in the movie. But Hannibal Lecter is absolutely the main villain. He's not a villain to the main character. And that's what makes him different. He's not a villain to Clarice. He actually likes Clarice more than most people. He's a villain to society. <laughs> and because of that, and because of the chilling nature of that villain, I feel like we're more gravitated, we're scared of him, or gravitated away from him, I guess, because of the fact that Joker like, had chaos. Hans Gruber mm. had a motivation that you could understand. Mm. You would not be able to survive Hannibal Lecter. And any no one would because he pokes at you psychologically. Joker is more about the physical chaos. He is more right. about burning hospitals. And obviously, he is... But he has a certain target every time he is willing to do it's the It's like a chaos. unique power that... Exactly. Like, it's, it's more of a physical... Under, like, phys, like, physical You just don't get it. When it so. comes to chaos. Right. Right, right. Hannibal Lecter is... If he talks to you... It's he a different thing. your weaknesses... Mm-hmm. You're fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. So... A ridiculously good movie. And that's why Silence of the Lambs is so good. It ends when Hannibal Lecter has escaped. Sorry for anyone. This is spoilers. He has escaped uh, prison. You should watch the fucking movie, by the way. And uh, he... Basically, a guy that he used to hate while he was in uh, jail. He's like... He... He's sitting there. Obviously, he's escaped from the law. And he sees that guy getting off. And the, the movie ends on... And I'm meeting an old friend for dinner. And I'm eat I'm, Something like that. Implies that he's going to eat him. I butchered that line. But basically, you look at that and see... Oh, cannibalism. I look at that and see... If you haven't watched the movie. I look at that and see... Holy shit, they're ending the movie on that. Mm-hmm. And it's... and So the gap that between Joker... Hans Gruber and Hannibal Lecter seems pretty large. But when you look at it, first of all, the villain makes the movie better. That's the easiest okay. part, right? The villain makes the hero better. And in, Han- in Hannibal Lecter's case, he made Clarice's character way more complicated because you actually learned about Clarice's backstory because of Hannibal Lecter, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy. Get very introduced stuff, by the way. That's yeah. amazing for any yeah, and yeah, guys, come on, watch Silence of the Lambs, read the book, it's crazy. <laughs> and uh, and also, it, so they make the hero better. We know this. Mm-hmm. We know that in every single, even though if, even if their motives are different, there's always something that ties them to the story or ties them to the, that you can get gravitated to. Right. Right, so with everything, so Hans Gruber is the insane action, intense storytelling. Mm-hmm. Joker is the, what is he going to do next? Right. And Hannibal Lecter, I'm like, please don't get Hannibal Lecter near my children. Mm-hmm. Basically. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. with, with all of them, that per, the perfect villain doesn't have necessarily have to be uh, anything key. He has to have, be a chilling sort of villain. He has to be one who loves chaos, doesn't have a motivation. You don't know anything about him. Mm-hmm. He has to be one that actively makes the story more exciting when he's on screen. And that may seem a bit generic as a conclusion to this entire episode. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense when you look at, look at these three movies separately and see that how, despite how different each villain is, 
they have a few things that make every single scene they're in more captivating just because they're in it. Right? So, I think... I'm pretty sure I, I, maybe I didn't articulate well well enough for you to understand. And for that, you have to, absolutely have to watch all three movies. Dark Knight, you have to watch Silence of the Lambs, and you, you have to watch uh, Die Hard. Die Hard is just awesome. Uh, Silence of the Lambs is kind of horrifying if you're like under... 15 maybe don't watch it maybe and if you are even like 16 17 maybe ask your parents it's pretty traumatizing you've been warned and dark knight just watch because the dark knight is fucking awesome and i think that's the conclusion we draw, we're drawing here that's about what, it <laughs> yeah what makes the perfect villain i don't know either but i've wasted 35 minutes here trying trying to come up with a conclusion i hope you've come up with one in your head that was more of the purpose of this mm-hmm. episode and yeah Hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening to Quirky Bullies Project. 